Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, joining us on the phone this morning. Morning, Chuck. What's going on? Where Where are you these days? Well, I'm on the road today. I appreciate you guys accommodating. Nice to be with you. Hope everybody's doing okay. Doing well, man. Doing well. Um, dealing with uh, with another tragic passing of a of a former Razorback. Uh, I'm sure you heard about the death of Reggie Cheney. Somebody you called his games for a couple of years. It comes on the heels after Keith Stokes' death, Alex Collins last week. It's um, it's all too much, Chuck. You know, and I, th- I think you knew these people much, much better than I did. So, I mean, it's it's tough for everybody. But when you're a fan, it's a different feeling than when you knew these people personally. Well, certainly, at no point in my lifetime has there been a situation where we've lost as many as we've lost, seemingly, you know, consecutively. And I go back to, you know, Chris Smith's passing, and then. You know, Bryson Manor's passing and, you know, Ballot. And, uh, I mean, the list goes on. And, um, yeah, it's just hard to fathom. I, I don't I don't know the circumstances on this. I, I heard about it late last night. I, I was um, I actually was getting ready to go to bed, frankly, when I found out about it. I know some others probably do a little bit sooner. But, um, man, just a really sad deal. Chuck, what stood out to you about Reggie Cheney as a player? Uh, two years at Arkansas and then went on for three really successful years off the bench for Houston. He was the American Conference sixth man of the year. Um, what do you remember about Reggie as a Razorback? Well, you could see everything that he became coming. You know, I mean, he was from a, you know, from a pass the eye test and all the physical tools. I mean, he... Uh, he had that from the get-go. Um, I think the mental game was, you know, the hurdles. Not that he wasn't a smart player. I don't mean that. I just think of the things that are required to be great. Um, Matt can speak to that better than I can or you can when it comes to, you know, sports and things like that. But I just think there was a hurdle for Reggie to clear. And I don't know that he cleared it until he got to Houston. And... Um, but he was really an integral part of what they did there, and um, I was happy for his success there. And just, just really sad to hear this. Chuck, that, that's right. You do see um, when you see kids come into school as freshmen, and, and you see them become men by the time they leave. And uh, that's what these coaches play such a pivotal role in, in these kids' life. And uh, with the NIL, it's not as much. I guess you don't get to have the relationship uh, or, or get to see the fruition. You know, see a 17, 18 year old kid become a 24 year old man. Uh, but but yeah, there, there, it happens every every year. 
You know, it's uh, that's an interesting point because for a lot of these guys, um, you know, uh, the coach becomes the father figure in many, many respects. Whether you've got a father at home or not, um, the coach becomes the father figure. And sometimes if a young man has not had that, then, you know, the coach really becomes a father figure then. And, again, I, I, don't, I don't know all the circumstances here. And... Um, you know, it's just, uh, I mean, 23 years old, that's just um, that's just too young. Yeah, I love the way that you just put it, though, Chuck, about how, and, and, and maybe it's not the same for every player and every coach relationship, but I, I think of Bubba Carpenter, my partner for baseball. He views Norm DeBryan as a second father, you know. The only reason he does the baseball broadcast is because he couldn't say no to Coach D. Uh, <laughs> I wonder about your relationship with Houston Nutt, Matt, the way you talk about him. I know you have such respect for your dad, but I think you might view Houston Nutt maybe a little bit of the same way that, that uh, Bubba viewed Coach DeBryan. Yeah, he, he, he's a mentor. He, he's he's somebody that uh, I mean he's he's a leader of young men. I mean when when coach talks and and he's in there, uh, you, you believe him. He has passion. Uh, he's a competitor. Uh, he, a lot of things that uh, that are redeeming qualities. And uh, you know he, he he tells the truth. You know he he tells it how it is. And uh, man, there's there's just not not enough good things I can say about Coach Nutt. Chuck, we've got Houston on the show at noon, uh, and I just feel like I got I heard that. I just yeah. got to get out of the way. I'll just introduce him and I'll go I don't know I'll just go drink water while the two of these guys talk well I know they both could probably tell a lot of things about one another you know let's take the filter off Matt you guys just uh, we, uh, you know what's funny is we go we go eat lunch or something and, and I bet you there'd be a couple lunches we might say 20 total words or something you know and then Dow Dow would be like hey man you know because Dow would be like uh, you, you well you bring that up it's like it's like a family atmosphere it really is coaches have you over to your house you meet the wives you meet the kids you're over there eating uh, once a week you're over there hanging out like you really do you really do bond you become a family well, you do, and, and um, you know, I think everybody who, um, I say I think, because I've not been there, but I would think for those of you who have, um, you know, there's a comfort level there. You've all um, enjoyed great times together, and you've all, you know, had to bond through times where maybe not everybody was as happy with you as they were a couple of weeks ago, and I would think that that would form you know, a family-type relationship. Families go through good times and bad times together, and so do teens. And so um, I'm sure there is that feeling among anyone who's, who's ever been a part of a team like that. How do you take when you're when you're watching or listening to the press conferences when coaches are talking about how the team gets along? Because I feel like I mean I know they got a little hot on Saturday. They might have been a little bit of an altercation and stuff. That happens almost at every camp, and sometimes it happens on a weekly basis at camps. Doesn't mean they doesn't mean that there's not chemistry. But I feel I think everybody has you know chemistry in camp. Your chemistry is tested when you're first punched in the mouth or you first lose a game. I just I just never know what to believe about what a coach is telling me about chemistry until I actually see it on the field during a game. That's that's when I can start to believe what I might have heard in August. I hear you. Um, I think coaches have a good good handle on that. You know, Pittman addressed the fight. He also said, I think these guys like one another. But then he said, I think the most important thing, he said they care about each other. Mm. Um, and I think that starts from the top. 
players know when coaches care, and they know when they don't. You can't fool them. They may think they're fooling them, but they're not. And um, I get the sense that from the moment he's gotten here, um, there's been a level of caring about their teammates that maybe we didn't have before, just to be brutally honest about it. Um, I've not seen clicks develop. And when you begin to see those develop, it's over. And I've not seen that happen. Now, look, there are guys that are, you know, run with certain crowds, and you got 8,500 guys in there. I mean, you're not going to be best pals with everyone in there. But um, you care about each other. If you care about those coaches, if you care about your position coach, and you care about the guy lining up beside you, I mean, I'm not saying that's the end-all, be-all. But um, I think that's what sustained them last year. You know, they went through a lot last year. It would have been very easy for that thing to end up, you know, 4-8, 3-9. Seen it happen. They went through a lot of injuries. Uh, They had some things happen at bad times last year. And, you know, they they, they, they kept it together. And, you know, even though the bowl victory was, what, you know, 197 or something like that. Um, even though it was that kind of game, I mean, it was a team win. I mean, they just hung around. They kept battling. And you don't care about each other. You probably don't win a game like that. And I thought Kansas played the same way. Just Arkansas won by three at the end, or however many it was in overtime. Um, but I think they do have that quality. And I think that'll sustain them during the tough times. Maybe wrong, but, but, but that's, that's my hunch. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Former Razorback coach Houston Nutt joining halftime. And coach, really appreciate you joining us today. We've got your former quarterback and good friend here uh, with me. And man, this is really exciting to have you today. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to be on with Matt Jones, no doubt about it. 
Coach, it's always good to hear your voice. Uh, love telling Coach Nut stories. Like to compete. Uh, I'll always, I'll, man, Coach, uh, it's good to have you on. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Has, has this been done before? You know, Matt was on radio previously. Yeah, he joined. He joined me a couple times on the on the other show. He'd, he'd come on. You know, I don't like to ask people too many things. You know, it's kind of kind of state of my own. But coach, coach, always there for me. Coach, you know, uh, Matt is a great partner, and when the lights come on, he is all he is always ready to go. I mean, that's kind of what you expected when he played for you, and he continues to do the same on radio. I tell you, Phil. My grandsons are in Rogers, and I, I've been getting some reports on you guys. You guys are doing such a great job. Every, every, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, I've been to a couple places, and they bring up y'all show, and uh, I, I love what y'all are bringing, bringing to the to the people, man. That's that uh, looks like that's what they want to hear. Coach, uh, with with Coach Pittman, I, I do want to ask you. Camp just finished up up there on the hill, and and, and Coach Pittman had said they were going to tackle a little bit more this year, and it got me thinking a little bit. I, I, Coach, I remember our, our our scrimmages kind of being a little physical, and we're we're staying into to, to pads uh, up through September on on a Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, what are kind of some of your camp goals? When how, how much do you do you think these teams should tackle during during preseason camp? Yeah, that's a good question, Matt. You know, that's always the question. When you're in the, in the staff room, you want to be ready. And the one thing about this game, it's the greatest game in the world. You just can't show up on a, when the lights come on and say, okay, Matt, let's go tackle. And you want to keep everybody as healthy as possible. That's what you always worry about. But the thing about this game, it's who's going to be the best blockers, who's going to be the best tacklers. So to your point, Matt, what we try to do is we, we would have – We'd always be physical. What people didn't realize is we'd always be physical every day. Middle drill, uh, even in team, you know, we'd fed up, and it, it was very physical. We didn't want anybody going on the ground. We said nobody on the ground. It was still very physical at the point of attack, wrap up. But what we tried to do is we wanted to, you try to set up, say, we're going to have three scrimmages. And sometimes we'd go back to two if there was some depth, if there was some um, experience. But the tackling part of it, especially when we say, hey, it's live, that's the, you want to be able to just put it on automatic pilot where you know, hey, this is how we tackle, we're going full speed. And really, usually we find out when you're going full speed, that's when really we didn't get anybody hurt that much. But when we got people hurt is when you kind of go halfway, you're in between, and you stand around a pile, and all of a sudden somebody falls down into somebody's knee, and that, that's what makes you sick. So we'd like to stay physical up until, you know, probably that first week. You know, when you're about seven days out, we start taking everything off. But those two scrimmages were really important because sometimes going into fall camp, you still got some positions that, hey, they're kind of neck and neck. You can have guys battling out different positions. And so your main goal is we want to put the best 11, the best 11 on offense, best 11 on defense, best 11 on special teams, and then to be as physical. The team that, to me, is the team that was the toughest team are the ones that had those couple of scrimmage. But every single day, you know, your linemen, your D linemen, hey, they were getting after it. So they always got the bulk of, you know, uh, the quarterbacks and receivers sometimes matter. You know, when you go back to locker room, the linemen say, hey, y'all didn't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all didn't stand the ball. Oh, y'all ain't doing nothing. And they're down there in those trenches, you know, and that's where you really respect 
uh, those guys that are in the trenches. So much respect for the offensive defensive linemen. Uh, you know, Coach Lee, Coach Coach Wiki, uh, quarterback coaches, and, and they both told me, uh, to, to your point, it's like uh, you're, you're getting up there at the line of scrimmage and the offensive linemen get down, and then all of a sudden something's up. He's like, you tapped him on the button, tell him to go ahead and stand up. You, you try standing in that stance for 38 seconds before you fire <laughs> off. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what are your Saturdays going to be like, Coach? Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was, we, we were previewing the uh, the uh, this conversation a, a day ago, and uh, I was thinking to myself, when's the last time that you had Saturdays to decide what you wanted to do with your day? And maybe it involves football, and maybe it doesn't, but it's got to be a long time ago. Well, that's right. You know, every August, guys. I get like probably Matt does. I, I get well, I get kind of ants. I get ready to go. I always think I'm, I'm going to go get a team. Go put a team together and get ready to go. Because August always has the greatest memories to me is because it's just eat, sleep football. It's eat, sleep football. And it, it's a grind. It's a grind. Now, it's a lot. I think it's a lot probably easier, a little bit better now that the true two-a-days are gone. And, uh, you know, especially with this heat, the way it is right now, it's probably a good thing. But, um, to answer your question, Phil, it started when I when I got let go at Ole Miss. That was the toughest time. That right after that, you know, after about thirty years of coaching, man, no, this Saturday, well, there's nothing there. So I I, I was fortunate enough to go to CBS. Uh, they allowed me to stay there for eleven years. So that took all. I got to watch a lot of games. Now this year's going to be different because uh, I retired from CBS, and I, I still do a little speaking. But Saturdays will pretty much be free. So it's it's basically gonna be popcorn and Coca Cola and and uh, watch watch football, you know, all day. Or go to a game, which would be different. But well that's what you miss. You just miss that team, you miss the locker room, the relationships. Uh and that that that's what to me is really special. It's the relationships, what you built all the way through the years, through the two days, the grind, the off season, and then you go to war with one another, you go on that game day and you go win what you miss the most, and I think Matt will agree, it's the celebrated locker room. You know, where guys come in there and you're wet as sweat, there's a little blood on some some of your teammates, and everybody's hugging one another, it's just a job well done. There's nothing like that. Yeah, it starts in camp. You know, you have a common goal, and, and that's one thing. you got to like to compete. you, you got to like to get out there and play. And, and Coach, you, you did really good about recruiting speed. I, I tell people this. Uh, we, we got one of the best track programs up there in the country, and you did, you did great about recruiting two-sport athletes. You know, you were a two-sport guy, and that was one of the reasons I came to Arkansas to be able to, to play both sports. But the, the list goes on. Shredzik Krobs, uh, Fred Talley, Lawrence Richardson, Ahmad Carroll, Eddie Jackson, just guys that you had over there one of the things i think about this team and if we're going to make it to a bowl game this year is we got to have some speed how are you so uh i mean how are you so good at recruiting speed and getting them to come up on the hill well i, I believe in it uh matt um i, I had the privilege to play little rock central and all my teammates were very very fast and i, I found out real quick you know i was a, I was a pretty good uh, supporting cast member at quarterback when I had speed on the edge at receiver, tailback, tight end. It taught me a lot. And so when you fast forward, what was what was good, man, I could go into a living room and say, hey guys, I can promise you four or five national championship rings. And they would look at me, you know, Ahmaud Carroll, Richardson, uh, Eddie Jackson, they would look free Nico. I can promise you five national championship rings because you're going one track. And guess what? 
that's going to win a national championship every year with John McDonald. It's already had one section right there sold on the track part. And I love, you mentioned two sports. I played two sports in college. And, Matt, I had to recruit you really hard because I was really worried there for a while. I thought you might go to Oklahoma. And, and I told my brother, I told Danny, I said, hey, listen, Matt wants to play basketball. I want him to play both. I want him to play both. And as long as y'all kept your homework, you know, kept, kept your grades up and contributed, uh, we said, hey. That's what it. you said. And you so, did, Coach. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you did a great job with that, handling all that. And so did Eddie Jackson, Batman Carroll, all these guys, Tony Hugo. And John McDonald was great. We had such a great relationship that I said, hey, I got somebody for you now. Eddie Jackson can run hurdles and Batman can run a hundred. Richard Smith. Richard I, Smith. I, all these guys. So we were a good team, you know, as far as, because my goal was, I want the football team to have a relay team for John McDonald. That was always my goal. I never did quite reach it. Now, sometimes we had two legs, but I didn't quite reach it. But there's nothing like speed. And that's the thing, Maddie, you know this. When you play, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, Phil, it was not a greater feeling when you walk across the field and the opposing coach says, man, y'all are fast. And, and there'll be years for the defensive coordinators to go. I'll never forget Joe Lee Dunn saying, hey, Coach, Matt Jones, when does he graduate? And it was because Matt was such a nightmare. He was a nightmare for defensive coordinators because you could cover everybody up. You could have fast. You're playing Auburn, LSU, Alabama. You're playing all these fast things. But guess what? When you had Matt Jones, he was like the 12th man because you got everybody covered up. And guess what? He takes off. And then you had no option, and you had play action, and all of a sudden now Matt, he starts throwing with accuracy, and his his balls are touchdown balls a majority of the time because they're all overpopulating the line of scrimmage because they want to stop the run. But it goes back to what you asked, Matt. It goes back to speed. You've got to be fast. And I'd give up two inches. I'd give up two inches if you're fast. And I, that's why I didn't worry about Sam Alajabuta. Mm-hmm. Sam Alajabuta. Coach, why do you want to recruit a guy that's 5'9"? Well, his heart is bigger than Razorback Stadium. He is very fast from tackle to tackle, and he's a wrestling champion. So we're going to go get this guy. And it's just things like that, you know, the need speed for a kickoff team in the back end, the receiver, tailback. If you got speed, you got a chance. You're, you're also describing people, and this is the way that Matt has described you, uh, Coach, as a competitor. He's even just said it a few minutes ago. When you're playing multiple sports, it's like, it's, it's I don't know, maybe it is, because I'm not like that, but an addiction to competing, you know, a need yeah. to compete, and I'm not talking about competing in practice. I'm talking about competing where you're keeping score against somebody else with another yeah. school. There's a need for that amongst two sport athletes. I, I think you went on something. You know, Jacob Skinner, I don't know if you remember him. Jacob Skinner was a tremendous basketball player. In fact, he's a head basketball coach right now at a high school there, I think, Texarkana. And so there's something about competing. You know, we went all season. Sometimes guys would just run. You know, we'd do line drills, do different things. We'd say, okay, give me the best DB. Give me the best, two fastest DBs. Let's see who's going to win. It's a five, ten, and back. You go five yards, ten, ten yards, and spread through fifty. Let's see who wins, and you call out the winner. There's something. It's it's a win or lose game. That's the thing about it. I mean, it's a fine line, but it's a win or lose, and that's where that competing comes in. And 
you know, a lot of times, you know, early on in my early years, I'd always in all season love to compete uh, basketball against the players. And, and one of the reasons I wanted them to see, you know, probably not as athletic as you guys, but tell you what, we're going to compete just as hard and we're going to try to beat you. And so there's, it's something about winning and that edge of competitive spirit. And to me, that's what a Razorback's about. Uh, it, it's that competitive spirit. Yeah, and it's 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 not only about that. It also is it about that, but it's it's about being mentally sharp and and like what you're saying, coach. You might be a little. Old. I remember playing basketball against you and Danny as well, and and Sparky Hamilton coming up saying that that y'all beat them. You know, I was like, well, we can't let that let that happen. We go into Bud Walton, Coach Nuts over there, Drew. And if you hey, if you got if you if you uh, if you stood back one second, he was gonna make that three pointer right in your eye. Oh, they, they didn't respect our range, Bill. They didn't respect it, so we, we couldn't go around them. You know, Matt, they, those guys are too fast. We, we were too old. We couldn't go around them, so we had to we had to find a way to hit some three points. Coach, Coach, what do you think this team? What, what if you were to talk to this team and, and and see this team for them to make a bowl game this year? What do you think this team really needs to improve on and be able to do this year? Yeah, well, I really. I really like, you know, just sitting from afar, you know, I had met Coach Pittman, but just sitting from afar, you know, I really like the, the way he embraces the players, the fans, and uh, when you look at his team, number one, you know, I always look at who has the quarterback coming back. To me, if you have the point guard coming back, well, you always slept better as a coach. So when I look at this team, I start with KJ. I feel better, you know, as a coach, I know they feel good. you got a guy who has experience. A guy who's, who can uh, throw the football and he also can run. you got to tackle this guy. Uh, and that's to me where, where that starts. Now, <clears throat> when you look at the team, I don't know much about the defense. You know, with the transfer portal and all these things, it's hard to keep up with teams. You know, I, I speak to a lot of teams, and what's amazing is coaches will tell me, Phil, Matt, that, you know, about 17 players weren't here for spring ball. So that means you've got to get your team in August and try to bring all this chemistry together, put them in the right spots, that is different. So when I look at Arkansas, I don't know if they did on uh, defense for support. Uh, here they did, they feel good about it. And to me, that will be the key. From the back end, you got to be fast. We talked about speed. you got to be fast, keep everybody in front. you got to be physical in the middle. And then you got to have somebody on that edge that can rush the passer, that can create a difference to cause a loss yards plays or at least where a lineman or offensive quarter says, you know, we're going to put four hands on this guy. Well, if you do that, now you have some. With, with Sanders, with the box and KJ, offensively, when I look at this non-conference schedule, I think it's so important. Get off on the right foot. Win those four. Go get West Carolina a little while. Go get the Kent State. BYU will be big. Get that one. You get these four non-conference, and I look at the conference you look at all of them, I don't see a quarterback coming back. I don't know. I, I still think there's a lot of questions there. You look at Ole Miss, a lot of questions. Mississippi State. I mean, to me, I, I really think it's a good, if you take care of your non-conference, you can get seven. And now, hey, let's go play LSU. Let's go play Alabama. Let's get to 60. But it's not a best of seven. That's the thing I always used to, you know, Matt, you remember, I, I didn't care about, hey, I know they're King Kong, I know they're rated number one in the country, we're not going to flinch. We're not going to flinch. We get LSU, and we get Alabama, it's a 60-minute game, and all we got to do is get to the fourth quarter. Get to the fourth quarter, anything can happen. I see seven wins, 
and then now you're playing with house money to me. You can get eight, nine to fit, stay healthy, ball bounces right. I mean, it could be a big year. That's right. We went into Austin. I'm telling you, Austin did that. Texas that year, that man, that squad, Mark Pierce, Cedric Cobbs, George Wilson, Richard, all the Caleb Miller. Man, we hit them right in the mouth. They didn't want it. You know what, Matt? You know, you, that, that game, and this is where I have so much respect for, for your group. Um, I, I love the road focus that y'all had because Texas, as we you know, I grew up here with Southwest Conference, and so Texas was always the giant, you know, you got to beat Texas. And if you look at the record, Texas versus Arkansas, it's lopsided in favor of Texas. And when this group, when Matt's group went to Texas, that focus was just unbelievable road focus. Because when you go on the road, you can get embarrassed by a team that is full of athletes. But here's what happened. All of a sudden, you, you, you got a good plan together. you got Matt Jones at the point guard, and he's making it happen, and it, and the defensive court, he worried about Cedric Cubs, he worried about these other backs, and all of a sudden, Matt takes a bootleg on third and one and takes it 70 versus, I'm talking about guys that run 4-3. I'm talking about guys that run 4-4. Four, four. But guess what? They can't catch him. And you have plays like that. You had explosive plays, Matt, that just put them on their heel. And guess what? You took the air out of the stadium in, in Texas and Austin. But the, the, the fans were already beat when you jumped on the way you did. And the way y'all finished that game was just, it was awesome. And Jim Lindsay, Jerry Jones will have to be at that game. And I had them speak to the team the night before, and I tell you what, they were there in that celebrated locker room. I wish we had that on tape. That was, that was phenomenal. I think it would be a good place to leave this. And, uh, Coach, I feel like we could go another two hours with you, but I want to be respectful oh, okay. of your time and really appreciate you coming on and, and talking with me and Matt today. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And, man, enjoy enjoy whatever you're going to be doing on Saturdays, okay? You bet. You bet. Well, guys, hey, I appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, Matt, Roy Barn here wants to know when, when you're coming down here, man. They're ready for a rematch on that golf. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. We we got to go get a golf. I was telling Phil we played golf right before I started this show, and uh, it's about time. We got to go get us another round in us. Got to go. As long as you give me two aside. We got it. Two aside. Two aside. Good speed, H. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's great stuff. That's great right, stuff. Thanks, Coach. Coach, thanks again. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive through and see Dave and his team today. Melissa Orange joining us now on Halftime from Pig Trail Nation, fresh off of a birthday. Good afternoon, Alyssa. You still have the glow of the birthday. Do you do the week before and the week after, a whole month, or just the one day? Uh, maybe like a few days before or after, depending. 
uh, went to you know went to Kansas City this weekend for a concert, which was really my birthday gift to myself. So were you too at the Billy Joel Stevie Nicks concert? Chuck Barrett told I, us he was at that show too. This uh, earlier in the show, he did, and I saw Chuck, and it was a very funny story how I saw Chuck. If you want to hear, was it. he getting down? Uh, yeah. yeah. Come on, um, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> so well, so the we he was down on the field. We were in the first row of a stadium section, and it was really cool because we were there. We didn't have anyone standing in front of us, and then it was the field. And we actually had the field bar in front of us. So I like looked at one of the bartenders. I was like, "Can you serve me?" They're like, "Sure." I was like, "This is great. I don't have to get up. Can I have you know two seltzers or whatever?" So there was a guy standing beside us, and he wanted to go down to the margarita stand. And the ladies guarding the entrance to the field wouldn't let him. And he was just getting so upset. So he was like, well, I'm going to go to the other side. And we're like, okay. So we watch him. It's like this whole thing. So he like gets down there and he's like, you know, giving the high fives in the air because he made it down onto the field level. And so we're following him and he gets in the line for the margarita stand and he's waving at us. We're just laughing at him. He's got two of his friends beside us. And we're just laughing. And I'm sitting there, we're watching him order these margaritas to see if the woman who wouldn't allow him on the field is there. And then all of a sudden, this guy walks up behind him, and I was like, there's Chuck. It's Chuck. And I got up, and I run, and I was like, Chuck, Chuck. And that's the only reason why I was even looking at the margarita stand to begin with was because this guy was so determined to get there. And then all of a sudden, there's Chuck Barrett, and I got to say hello. So it was fun. Yeah. Well, not bad. Not bad. It's always nice to see, you know, familiar faces in a crowd of uh, 95,000 people that are screaming and singing songs. Did you go for Billy or did you go for, uh, or or, or did you go for uh, Stevie Nicks? Nicks. Yeah. Uh, Billy Joel, uh, born and raised a huge Billy Joel fan. So um, that was, it was, I think I said it was more than a concert. It was an experience. It was awesome. It's, it's, it's American. If you don't like Billy Joe, it's like, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. Did you hear that, B.E.? Yeah, B.E. in Clarksville is oh. a resident Billy Joel hater. I celebrate his entire catalog. That's terrible. Yeah. He, uh, 74 years old and still incredible. Sounds incredible. Stevie, 75. Might have been one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It was it was great. Well, you, know, you, you, ju- you just got older by a day yesterday, but there's another number on the end of it. Uh, and I was telling you on text message, and I've gotten I've gotten some requests here, uh, some, uh, some some answers from people. I think 40s are better than the 30s. At least for me, they have been for the first six and a half years of the 40s. Shannon and Clute says her 30s were better than her 40s. We've got plenty of others that say vice versa. So, mm-hmm. um, you know... You'll get there, and you've got yep. uh, you got a lot to look forward to, Alyssa. But these next four and a half years can still be good too. Five years. Yes, yes, I'm excited. I'm excited for what's next. I'm excited for 40s. I will say I've enjoyed my 30s more than my 20s overall. Mm-hmm. I think obviously you have just so much fun in your 20s, but in your 30s you have fun. You just do it a lot smarter with a with more money. Yes, and the kids keep getting older and older. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. We heard, let's see, let's get into this team a little bit. We heard from uh, defensive lineman Keevy Rose and Eric Gregory yesterday, Jaden Wilson as well. Um, see, it's Wilson, I mean, Wilson's going to be part of that rotation. I know he was hurt at the, um, uh, for, for most of spring ball, so we didn't get a chance to you know, see him in the spring game. Uh, but uh, he's going to get an opportunity uh, to, uh, to play, and it's going to be amongst those six uh, that I think that Sam referred to this past weekend. And I don't know who we're going to hear from today, but whoever we're going to hear from, you know, they're, they're planning on 
on him being a pretty important part of the team. I don't think Jaden would have been out there in front of the cameras if that wasn't the case. Yeah, I think that this part of the um, the the preseason with what I think we've got about 10 more days or so left before that first game, what we're hearing from guys that are going to play. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they craft this offense because I think that's the biggest question for me, obviously. There is no question with K.J. Jefferson and who he's got in the backfield. But when you look at who's going to play on the offensive line and then, like you mentioned, Jaden Wilson, but then you look at the other wide receivers, um, who are they going to go with? And and they've gone with a little bit of a different combination. I think the one steady guy who's always run with the one is Andrew Armstrong. You also got um, Isaac Tesla out there as well with the one. But there's so many guys that they could go to and rotate through, including the tight end. I'm just really interested to see exactly how they craft up that first initial drive when they open up against Western Carolina in a week and a half and what that looks like and how many guys they will utilize week one um, from the wide receivers and the tight ends because I think that's going to tell you a lot on what exactly they want to try to do offensively this year. Yeah, Alyssa, do you, do you think this team's going to be fast enough? I mean, just overall, this team depth, that will have some speed? Because it, it seems like if we could just be a little bit faster, some of those 12-yard runs, 20-yard run can be touchdowns. I think so. I think you're just going to get faster because of the guys that they've brought in. You know that Isaiah Satenia and I heard you guys talking with Houston up before me about speed and, and those dual athlete guys. Well, Isaiah Satenia is a huge track guy. His mom ran for the Jamaican team and his dad is a track coach. And um, if he can get a little more separation from the defender, he's gone. And, and he's a guy who is super fast. We heard him take a 100-yard kickoff back to the house in the scrimmage on Saturday. Um, so their speed right there, you're going to get some more speed with Andrew Armstrong. And then I, I, I'm not sure about the secondary yet. It's going to be really interesting. I wish we could see a little bit more one-on-one with those guys. You know, the drills that they do either really favor the offense or they really favor the defense, so it doesn't seem like a fair fight when you watch those. Uh, but but to be able to see exactly what they look like in a game scenario for the first time, we're really going to tell whether that secondary's got some speed or not. Yeah, and and um, do you don't you feel like they've got this all figured out by now? I mean, the coaches, as far as how the the depth chart's going to lay out, who the ones, who the twos, who the threes are by now. Uh, you know, and when when yeah. I hear when I hear Sam Pittman talking about camp is over, and Wednesday we start planning for Western Carolina. Tomorrow's Wednesday, so mm-hmm. I think he knows who he's sending out there as the number ones next Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and he also made a comment where it's like now that, you know, camp is really where you figure out who's going to play where and when. And then it's really hard to beat a guy out once camp is over because everything's pretty much set in stone and outside of an injury changing things up. They know exactly the guys that they want to go with. And so that's pretty much been laid out right now. And so um, nothing is going to change much between now and Western Carolina game. So they've got a good idea of, of who they're going to play, what that offensive line is going to look like. 
um, we'll just see exactly how much behind the curtain they're going to allow us to see before that first game. Yeah, and how, how this team reacts to adversity. You know, maybe they don't have any adversity in these first two games, but I bet you BYU that that they'll be ready. And and I hope this team is a little bit different than last year's team. And I know they're all going to be different. But you know, last year we struggled with the SMS. Last year we we got beat by Liberty at home. And I don't I don't see this team do, being that way this year. I think uh, Western Carolina and Kent State are both going to be dubs for this team. I think this seems a little bit more unified than last teams is. I think they just gel a little bit better than last teams that last year's team does. Um, but the slow starts, I think, are something that might be a little telling. They've talked about that in the scrimmages. KJ talks about it after the first scrimmage. And again, it was just the first scrimmage of the fall, so you can't read too much into it. But there was a little bit of a slow start. And that's something that they have tried to avoid and want to avoid heading into the year. So do we see a little bit of a slower start, which is exactly what we got with most of these games? And then when they did start off fast, it it, it died quickly. So can they get out to a fast start and not take a couple of series to get things going and then can they maintain that I think that's really going to be very telling to how successful the season's going to be last thing Alyssa we went into the month of August and your Dodgers had a two-game lead in the West <laughs> that lead has grown to 12 I think they've won 13 of their last 14 games and uh, yeah. just kind of continue to own the NL West. And I know you haven't felt great about the Dodgers, but, man, they're peaking right now. I just got to try to hold that for a while because August doesn't matter as much as October, yeah. and they're going to be there in October. Right. You know, I remember freaking out in April, and you were telling me that I was crazy. And you're right. I was crazy. What was I freaking out about? They were two and a half games behind the Diamondbacks, and I was being dramatic. Um, but this is kind of fun right now they're, they're clicking right now i think dave roberts has finally got some pieces in the right place and things are kind of moving on and i mean i, I might read into this because of baseball and superstition but you get kike hernandez back you get him back from boston and he was such a big piece not because of how he performed every game but just the energy he brings so my dad keeps calling this the kike effect and i'm buying into it he just had that that energy and that swagger and that fun and that excitement specifically for the postseason him and john peterson always brought it and the dodgers didn't have it last year they didn't have any kind of spark in the postseason and here comes kike hernandez back and this team has turned things around so i'm buying it until i'm not anymore no doubt, man. They look really good. Appreciate you, Alyssa. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk next Tuesday, okay? Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Alyssa. Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try in your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. 
Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Fall season is just around the corner, and I know all of us are looking for that wholesome, convenient meal. We'll look no further than Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door. And right now, use the code HTL50. Head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com. Dot com to get 50% off thanks to hit that line. The great thing about Factor, over 34 weekly prepared meals that you can choose from. Plus, you don't have to run around to worry about where you're getting lunch. Let Factor take care of it for you. Let me tell you the code one more time to help you get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Time to visit with Bill King from Nashville Sports Radio, the king of college football talk. He is on the air 6 until 9, Monday through Friday, WNSR, and we appreciate his time on Tuesday afternoons on Halftime. Afternoon, Bill. How you doing? Hey, guys. What's up? We got football this Saturday, man. Is there? Uh, I'd be interested more in Navy Notre Dame. Are there? Is there any other game? I think what are there? Six, six Division One games that are on the schedule. Anything that's piquing your interest, or just the fact that it's actual, real college football games that will grab your interest. I want to see Sam Hartman. You just mentioned Notre Dame. He's a fantastic quarterback. I want to see how he fits in. I'm assuming well. They should be better, much better receiver than they were a year ago. They were terrible there. Probably the best set of offensive tackles pair in the game of college football at Notre Dame, and they need to be better on defense. Last year, they didn't play as well as they thought they would with the veterans. And they're playing maybe with a new coach. I still think it's going to be extract your teeth time. It's going to be root canal time defending that triple option, but that's going to be fun and Hawaii's got to come here to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's been doing lots of renovations and building, and I think both end zones at Vanderbilt will look like a war zone. So if you score a touchdown and you run through the end zone at Vanderbilt Saturday against Hawaii, you may hit a a crane or something. It could be like when Ezekiel Elliott jumped in the Salvation Army Bowl, like you're just going (laughs) to jump in there. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know if you guys are old enough, but... It was 89-ish or something. Texas is playing Miami. And this is in the heyday of Miami, just crushing people and running it up. And it's a cotton bowl. And Randall Thrill Hill catches a post pattern, runs through the end zone, into the tunnel, and I never saw him come back out. And that was for guys about the 57 point. Funniest thing I've ever seen. That's a famous highlight. I've seen that. I just didn't know who it was or when it was, but I, I think everybody's seen that one. That's Randall Thrill Hill. Yeah, that was the Jimmy Johnson days. Uh, Bill, I was looking at this Florida-Utah matchup uh, that Thursday, and I'm, I'm, I think it could be telling for both teams. You know, how is Florida going to be this year? I don't know what you think of Florida. And then Utah having a chance if they're going to p- compete out there in the, in the last year of the Pac-12. 
Utah's got quarterback injury problems. They're a tough guy football team. They should win the game. They are at home. Graham Mertz makes his debut for Florida. Florida will be, I think, a pretty good running team. They've got good running backs. I think they'll have a decent to solid offensive line. Last year defensively was not good. I'd be surprised if Florida pulls an upset, but I think it has a chance to be a closer game. So, I mean, we knew Mertz would be the quarterback at Florida. I think that was announced last week. Uh, we yeah. learned over the weekend Peyton Thorne will be QB number one for Auburn. Um, they had Robbie Ashford, of course, working at quarterback mostly last year. TJ Finley as well. Um, Thorne, this is so interesting because uh, Freeze says that Thorne is going to be the quarterback, at least to start the season, because of leadership and because he knows the offense. And this is somebody that joined the team after spring ball. So I understand it's a new coaching staff and everything like that, but this feels like a shotgun marriage. What did you make of Peyton Thorne being QB1, at least to start the year for Auburn? Doesn't mean he's going to be the QB1 for the entire year, and truthfully, I'd be surprised if he starts every game. I'm a big Robbie Ashford fan relative to how he would fit into Hugh Freeze's style but he's not as balanced as Thorne, and that's probably the calculation right now. Robbie Ashford is a freaky athlete, really is. I don't know if you trust him in the passing game as much as he'd like, and that's probably the hold up right now. I'd have to find a way to get that guy out there somehow, but I guess I'm not surprised. If you're going to bring him in, he's a two-year starter for Sparty. Auburn's got good NIL money, so they were able to buy him away from Michigan State. I mean, let's just call it what it is. That's what's going on out there. And uh, I think Auburn could be, I know this isn't your question, I think they could be a bit of a pleasant surprise this year. Man, I just I just wonder about about Freeze turning the program around in one year. I know he's got a lot of recruiting momentum. They did well in the portal. I just I just kind of question if if they're going to have a turnaround season right now. I mean, maybe you know three wins in the SEC would sort of be like a turnaround from what they've done of late. I just question whether or not it's going to happen this year. When you look at who he's bringing in in the next couple of years and his pedigree as a coach, yes, I think he will end up turning. Auburn around. I just don't know if it's this year. It's a very good point. I, I think it's not if it's when. And we may get some hints of it this year. It might not be a complete turnaround. I don't know if they have the personnel top to bottom. I question whether or not they do to turn it around this year. Turn it around, I think, would mean be competitive mm-hmm. to win the league, to win the, the West, I should say. I don't think they're there yet. Alabama's better. LSU's better. A&M's got better players. I think Ole Miss probably has better players. Arkansas, arguably, has better players. So it's going to be tough. Plus, I mean, let's face it, guys. We've talked about it for a million years, but the SEC West in its last year is brutal. I mean, there's no free lunch in that whole group. The latest with Jim Harbaugh, um, I, I, th- I guess it had came out yesterday that he's going to do a self-imposed. Uh, I mean, so I guess he's still going to practice. He's just not going to go to the game. Is this a good move for for Jimmy Harbaugh? Where or is he going to still? Is there something? Is there another suspension that's going to come down next year? You think? Very weird. First of all, it's going to be four games originally. Then we hear the COI committee on infractions wants to take a wider lens at this whole thing so no reason to suspend him 
self-impose it when you don't even know what's going on yet with the COI. Now they come back and say, we're self-imposing three games. I've got guys, I, I like to think I know what's going on. I've got no clue as to how that math works. No idea. I, that's what I got into. It seems yesterday. weird. Yeah. Like I don't get it. It was like, well, you weren't okay with a four-game suspension. What makes Michigan think that they're, that the COI is going to be okay with a three-game suspension? The ma- I know math. I'm not great at math, but I can do that math specifically, and it's not difficult. Well, I, I mean, this is kind of a weak explanation. They open league play in game four, and that's against Rutgers, so you can say what difference does it make. True. Very good point, but I don't know what they're thinking. No no ID. Hey, one other thing I wanted to bring up about, uh, now I know I think this is on your verboten list because you tweeted it out recently. Week <laughs> zero. And I hate the week zero thing just like I don't like calling this fall camp because it's the first right. week of the football season, so I'm going to go with week one. So here's, right. here, is a, here is a prime reason why Southern California is getting out of the, of the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten. I already got into this a couple of days. You look at this. The primetime game on ESPN Saturday is Massachusetts at New Mexico State. USC is kicking off one hour later against San Jose State. Southern California has the reigning Heisman Trophy player. He is their number six in the country. And yet they're on the Pac-12 network where not a lot of people are going to be able to watch it. This is, this is example number one, perhaps, of why the Pac-12 is dissolving. One more year. That's all they've got. Yeah, I mean, I want to see. I don't care if Southern Cal's playing against the mascot. I want. I don't, that's a huge brand. I love watching them. I'm, I'm with you on that one. They got a big recruit in, uh, or at least a commit. Julian Lewis, number one prospect, 2026 quarterback. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Riley gets he gets some great quarterbacks, and there's good reason for that. Well, they got Malachi Nelson, who's a true freshman there right now, five star. Obviously, the quarterback was a five-star out of D.C. area, and he just won the Heisman. If, if they're properly coached, you can get that kind of kid all day and night to, to Southern Cal, a quarterback or any position. Bill, can I get your way-too-early uh, playoff four prediction, or do you have a team outside of the top ten? Who's a team that could surprise you that nobody's talking about outside of the top ten, if it's a Notre Dame, uh, if it's a Kansas State, that can make that playoff four this year? Like a TCU. It's a really good question. It's always hard because I don't believe in parity, meaning I don't believe there is any – parity, nor do I believe we're on the verge of parity because of NIL. I know that's a theory. I just don't buy into the theory. I, I, I mean, it's shocking. We were just talking about Michigan in a degrading way, but that's a, this could be their best team. I mean, this could, this could very well be their best team, top to bottom, under Harbaugh, man, which means one of their better teams in a while. They, last they won it in, in 97, but... And I would have Georgia in there. I would not have Alabama in my top four, uh, but I'd have Georgia in there. I'd probably have Ohio State in there, and then you've got to find another team. And it could very well be another SEC team. I don't think it's a Big 12 team. I don't think it, it, I don't know that I would have Southern Cal in my top four. I just can't pick out who I think this year's TCU will be. I just, I just, on paper, and that one, guys, what we just saw last year might not happen for another 20, 30 years. I'm talking about a, a program and a good program, but getting all the way to the championship game. 
And now that we're expanding to 12, even though the format is in question, I think it'd make it even harder for TCU to do what they did. Yeah, I believe they were six and six the year before, seven and five, something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I look at Tennessee with Josh Heupel and what he's doing there. If that defense is going to be good enough, to, are, are you buying Tennessee stock this year? I think they're ten and two, tight, good as a potential, but I don't think they're good enough to advance further. I still think that the roster is too lean because of the. NCAA and some of the self-imposed stuff. And, and a rash of injuries would be a problem. Their center right now, we talked about this. I think he's going to be okay, but they're still quiet about that. That could be a problem, too, for them. Hmm. What do you make of Kentucky? I see a lot of people making noise about Kentucky. Um, you brought in uh, May uh, from North Carolina as the quarterback. Oh, yeah. Got a good running back that they've brought in. I think the kid who was at Vanderbilt that rushed for a thousand yards is uh, is Kentucky flying under the radar? Oh yeah, I, I think. And and the kid you're talking about is Devin Leary, right? Leary, yeah, that's right, not me. Yeah, he's a really good quarterback. I mean, if he's healthy, he's as good as Sam Hartman. He's that. He's a. I, I think as a college player, you could argue he is an upgrade for Will Levis, hmm. and that's saying something. You know what you're going to get. They're very physical. They're going to have a tough running game. They're going to have a solid offensive line. They're going to be physical up front defensively. I just don't think they're ever going to be athletic enough. And that's the difference between them and some of the upper echelon teams. I think it's the athletes. They'll be well coached, but I'm not. I'm not going to go that they're on the overachieving trail this year. We'll appreciate you, man. Always fun talking okay. football with Thanks, you. Anything guys. else? Enjoy the games on Saturday, okay? Thank you, guys. Thanks, Bill. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.